Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Rainy Wednesday morning. Good morning, Bob Bosold. We got lightning, we got rain. It's moving off to the east northeast. But uh, again, we had some we had some lightning came in down Claremont Avenue towards the east, coming to the station and the whole eastern sky was lighting up with lightning. So if you're seeing that this morning, you're in Wisconsin. We're getting uh, we're getting some weather, and I would imagine it uh, kept you awake on the drive-in too. Oh, absolutely! Sure does light up the sky and rumble, rumble, rumble. Yes, it's a it's a, a live morning weather-wise out there. Bob and Joe, whether you're looking at the chores on wax, we do have rain in the forecast for today and tomorrow, and uh, nice temperatures in the 60s. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, at least in the 30s, but no rain, so we can get uh, back at the harvest. And coming up today, we'll preview that uh, USDA report that's coming out about 11 o'clock this morning, and uh, also take a look at cheese production in Wisconsin, and uh, say goodbye to a a very important uh, man over in the Dorchester area, passed away. And we'll uh, talk about uh, Don Pisic here just a little bit as we go along this morning. So uh, lots of chores to do this morning as we do take a look at our weather and our markets. We're going to hear about pheasants and uh, avian influenza. We talk about turkeys. We talk about chickens. But every type of bird is um, is uh, susceptible to avian influenza. Yeah, that's what the program is all about is talks about how it spreads everywhere and um i think the biggest thing is their pheasants are outdoors so. yeah that does make a difference that's for sure so again you've got to you've got to be careful if you got fowl around you know whatever they may be pheasants chickens turkeys ducks whatever because uh, avian influenza 2015 it seemed to me if my memory serves me right we were pretty much over it by now but this has started in the spring and kind of continued through the summer and now in the fall, as these wild birds are heading back south, are they getting back into our flocks as they go from the north to the south across Wisconsin and to wherever they make their winter homes? 
But again, avian influenza is definitely a, a situation keeping an eye on in Wisconsin. And if you follow the elections, good for you if you got out to vote because it uh, was a very important election. Every election is very important. So again, if you got out to vote, uh, good for you. If you didn't, why not? Well, I got out to vote. I know it. So did I. And I, you know, I don't know some of the. Well, I hear people. Ah, oh, don't make any difference anyway. They're going to do what they want to do. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wonder how you did in civics class in school if that was your if that was your thought process. But again, a lot of people did vote. Again, thank you to all the uh, people that worked at the polls because there were a, a lot of voters out there, and uh, that's what's important. Uh, Looks like Governor Evers is going back to Madison. Ron Johnson, it looks like, is going back to Washington for another term in the Senate. Derek Van Orden looks like he will represent the 3rd District as a Republican congressman, the first one since Steve Gunderson. And what a difference in the politics of Republican Steve Gunderson and Republican Derek Van Orden. It's a really, really a difference in the philosophy now of the Republican Party. And uh, it's... Uh, I wonder if anybody's going to say the election was fixed. Like we're still battling. (laughs) Oh, whatever trips your trigger, I guess. But again, if you voted, uh, good job. If you didn't, uh, there's always another election coming up. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And more rain in the forecast today and tomorrow. More off today than on is that uh, front that was through here earlier is moving off to the east-northeast. So there is more rain out in the listening area tomorrow. More rain. 64 today, 67 tomorrow. Then the rain gets out of here. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, partly cloudy to partly sunny, but highs only in the 30s. About a minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM. WAXX Eau Claire, let's get some more news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Gretchen Whitmer will continue to serve as governor of Michigan. The Democratic incumbent fought off a challenge from Republican Tudor Dixon to maintain her position. Michiganders who worked so hard to make sure that our voices were heard, to make sure that we set our state on the course that is focused on the future, that is focused on solving problems, not demonizing others. Whitmer has acted as governor of Michigan since 2019. Democrat Wes Moore is the projected winner in the Maryland governor's race, defeating Trump-backed Republican Dan Cox. It's because you believed that I stand here humbled and ready to become the 63rd governor of the state of Maryland. Moore is set to become Maryland's first black governor and only the third in the nation. Moore is a Rhodes Scholar, U.S. Army combat veteran, author, and former CEO of the Robin Hood Foundation, anti-poverty nonprofit. Voters in a number of states are weighing in on the issue of legalized marijuana in the midterm elections. Maryland on Tuesday became the 20th U.S. state to legalize recreational marijuana. A similar measure passed in Missouri, while in South Dakota it appears to have been rejected. Arkansas and North Dakota are also rejecting legal marijuana. 
Elon Musk is selling roughly $4 billion worth of Tesla stock. According to filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission, Musk sold almost 20 million shares of the company. The sale comes after his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Crack of dawn gets here a little earlier than it used to now that we're not on daylight saving time anymore. So uh, as, as you get out there and the daylight breaks, it'll still be cloudy with some rain in some parts of the listening area moving off. There's lightning and thunder associated with it. So again, rain off and on today, mostly off, I think, around the, the western part of the state, but over central and east probably a little bit more. Thursday, more rain, 67, and then the front's coming in. I don't know if it's coming from Canada or where it's coming from, but it's going to change our weather. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, out into next week, temperature highs only in the 30s. Some days we won't get above freezing next week, and maybe Sunday, high only 31 forecast, so uh, there's some cold weather coming our way. Right now, it's pretty nice. Rice Lake, 43, Medford, 42, 48 in Wausau, 47 in Marshfield, lacrosse at 54, Green Bay at 48, Madison, Sun Prairie at 52, and the Milwaukee area at 50 degrees right now. We're 45 here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our markets again this morning. And Jill, start us off with the livestock numbers. Choice fed beef steers are 145 to 161 with mixed at 90 to 144. Choice fed beef heifers are 145 to 158 with mixed at 81 to 144. Choice fed Holstein steers are 127 to 137 with select and silage fed steers 80 to 126. Cows are 64 to a dollar. Bulls are 60 to 96. Butcher hogs are 58 to 95 with sows at 59 to 60 and a half. Boars are 22 to 39. Shorn market lambs are a dollar to a dollar 10. Unshorn market lambs are a dollar are the same number, dollar to a dollar 10. Feeder lambs are 50 to 207 and a half. Ewes are 65 to 117. Small goats are $10 to $185. Medium goats are $120 to $210. Large goats are $130 to $430. With nanny goats at $130 to $205. And at the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, uh, live cattle were mostly lower. December 153.05. Now that was unchanged. February 154.77, down 25. April live cattle, 158.25, down 30. And June at 154.20, down 20 cents. Mixed on the feeder cattle, November up a nickel at 178.27. January, 179.90, that was down two. March down a dime at 182.15. April up a nickel at 185.27. And May at 187.95, that was up two. Hogs were lower. December lean hog carcass contracts, 85.57 at the close, down a dollar forty seven. February, 88.50, that was down 55. April, 94.20, down 15. And May, 98.92, that was down 20. Board of Trade was lower yesterday ahead of that uh, USDA report we'll talk about here in a little while. December crude oil also down yesterday, down $2.55, down below $90, 89.24 a barrel. 
But on the Board of Trade, overnight, December corn unchanged with yesterday's close, 667. Oats up 4 at 385. December wheat unchanged, 827. And March soybeans up 3 to 4 cents. Got back to where we were yesterday morning overnight. So we're looking at March beans, 1457. Soybean meal up $1.60 at $420.90 on that December contract. Barrel cheese unchanged, 198 and a half. The block cheese fell a half a cent to 202 and a half. Butter was down seven cents at 280 a pound. November class three milk down two at 2088. Then we went higher. December up a half a dollar at 2097. January back over $20, up 42 cents at 2015. February also back over $20, up 39 at 2010. March up 30 at 2025 as those prices were higher out through next summer. And uh, before we move on with some of our news, I want to pass along our condolences to the Pisic family in the Dorchester area. They lost, uh, well, a real pillar of the community in the Dorchester area on Saturday. Don Pisic died 92 years young. And uh, again, family farm over there, passed it down to his son Tom, now grandson Jake. Pisic has taken over that. Remember when uh, Jake was a state officer? <laughs> great personality, a great young man. And uh, Don is, uh, well, a lot to do with, with the family. A big family, too. Uh, Don married uh, Margaret in 51. Eight kids. And unfortunately, he lost her in 2010. 22 grandchildren, 25 great-grandkids, and three on the way. <laughs> so, and just uh, Don was serving on... Just about every community service board and committee that uh, was needed all over the area. Very active over the years in the Taylor County Fair. And big fan of wrestling. The Pisic name and wrestling around Wisconsin is very prominent. And uh, football as well. And uh, just uh, 92 years young, Don Pisic passed away on Saturday. A, a great guy. One of those pillars of the community. You really can say that. And there will be a celebration of life this Sunday, and that'll be at Dorchester Memorial Hall, a private funeral mass at uh, St. Louis Catholic Church on Monday. The big family, I don't know if you can get anybody else in the church, because uh, Don Pisic, one of those guys, that uh, a real pillar of the community, as we said, uh, passed away on Saturday at 92, and uh, we could all... We'll take a lesson from Don Pisic about community service, uh, raising a family, and uh, being there every day with his old red truck. So, uh, Don, rest in peace. You deserve it. You've done good. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The harvest is uh, getting to be in hand. Especially most of the soybeans are off now and uh, still number of cornfields still need to be worked on. Brad Matson joins us once again this morning on our Provision Partners program. Provision Partners Cooperative. Brad, of course, the lead agronomist. And, uh, Brad, it's uh, weather's changing at the end of this week, so it uh, might be a little cool in the combine, but we got uh, still some corn to get out of there. How's it going basically so far? What have you seen and what have you heard from the guys you talked to? Well, it's, it's coming off fast, Bob, and, and uh Overall, things are looking pretty good. Been looking at yield maps, and you know, sometimes we're surprisingly happy with what we're seeing. Sometimes we're not, and then the question, and the big question, gets to be why. Kind of like just what's happened today. You know, a couple of days ago, I was really popular. I was getting forty texts a day, 
20-some emails, phone calls, and all of a sudden after Tuesday, it all stops. So now I have to wait to two more years to be important again. So um, <laughs> we've had to wait a few more months now to find out what we need to do, what we need to change in order to uh, affect the 2023 crop. But again, there's a lot of things out there for this 2023 crop that uh, we can do as far as, you know, your input costs, what you're going to plant, what kind of seed you're going to plant. A lot of decisions have to be made out there now. Oh, absolutely. And that's why, you know, if you've got yield data, you need to really be looking at it. And then, like I say, the, the important thing is ask your agronomist, ask your trusted advisors the question why. Why did this do this good and why didn't it? Is it bridal? So just for example, just looking at some irrigated data on soybeans today. This year, it was 26 bushels yield difference between the outer edges and the uh, uh, irrigated portion. So pretty substantial. That's what the water played an input on natural rainfall. So we don't have any control over that. But yet we're still finding some dry land soybeans yielding the same as irrigated beans. So that makes absolutely no sense. So that tells you running depth, those types of things, stuff that you have a lot of control over managing that soil structure out there so that the varieties you buy, the fertilizer you buy are more efficient, more beneficial to you. We're seeing a lot of differences on bridal, a lot of differences, more so probably because of disease packages of those varieties and uh, taking the time to properly match the variety to your operation, to your soil type, to your geography, those types of things. So a lot of little things you can do that can have a huge impact. And when you can sit there and look at, yeah, we're dry this year, and some of this dry land's yielding the same as irrigated ground, you really got to scratch your head a little bit and say, you know, how do they do that? And again, the question is why? Taking that time, spending the time going through that yield data, that information, and asking that question is going to be really beneficial to you in the long run. Yeah, homework isn't just for the kids anymore. You've got to do that if you're a farmer, too, because too much at stake. Right. It's more important now than ever. And as we uh, go forward, were there any, you already talked about some as far as the soybeans on the outer edges versus uh, irrigated uh, where the yields were. Were there any other surprises, so to speak, Brad, to you in the uh, production this year in either corn or beans? Well, this year the, the big one was um, fungicide treatments and stuff. So, uh, we, you know, we, the tar spots, the, the big buzzword out there right now, fungicide treatments did yield anywhere from 25 to 35 bushels better uh, than the non-treated, but only if there was a pressure, and, and that's the hard part, because if uh, if we had another disease, such as uh, northern corn leaf blight and anthracnose, that's where we saw the big, big paybacks of uh, fungicide treatments. So if the corn was really healthy, um, doing well, the paybacks weren't nearly as high. So tells me that, you know, doing a good job of keeping that plant health uh, making sure the fertility is right, the roots are has a good place to access the water and grab those nutrients is going to, you know, protect you a lot even without the fungicides. But, you know, just telling us that we're in a new dawn where we hardly ever apply fungicides to corn, it's probably going to be a more uh, common aspect in this part of the world that we've ever seen before. And again, Brad Matson, thanks, Brad. Have a good rest of the week. And- well, you'll probably be able to look at more results because rain the next couple of days. Brad Matson, lead agronomist 
with Provision Partners Cooperative. You need that help planning for next year, looking at all that uh, yield data and everything else. Call your Provision Partners Cooperative agronomist in central and western Wisconsin. Hey, we've got a report coming out. We'll get a quick update on that next right here on Wax as we look at some farm news. And we do have a big report coming out uh, a little bit later on this morning. Jill, what's it all about? Yes, the, later this morning, the USDA will release its November World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates and Crop Product Production Estimates. And it's expected that export demand estimates will get most grain traders' attention with the Chinese economy slowing down and problems on the Mississippi River playing a big part in today's report. Just like last month, today's report is expected to show that this year's U.S. corn crop below 14 billion bushels because of drought conditions in parts of the Corn Belt. But ending corn stocks are expected to go up by 40 million bushels to just over 1.2 billion because of slow world demand. Soybean yields are expected to go up slightly in today's report to just over 4.3 billion bushels on average yields of just over just under 50 bushels an acre. That could push our ending soybean stocks up about 15 million bushels to 215 million. That report comes out at 11. All right, we'll look forward to that. Also coming up, avian influenza in Wisconsin. It's more than just turkeys, it's more than just chickens. We'll hear about that next here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Avian influenza, bird flu. You hear that and you start to just quiver because it's almost like uh, you're helpless. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And we always focus in on chickens and turkeys. But, bam, there are uh, other birds around Wisconsin that are are very important, at least as a niche market. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Bob. Fabulous farm bay, Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I thought the same way. Avian influenza most recently popping up in uh, Marathon County and Waukesha County in backyard flocks. This is awfully late in the year for our poultry and bird owners to be worrying about that. Now, imagine if you've got a couple thousand high-value pheasants all of them outdoors. That's the situation being faced by Bill McFarlane. He is uh, the owner and operator of McFarlane Pheasants just outside of Janesville. It is the largest pheasant operation in all of North America. And like I said, all the birds are outdoors. So <laughs> I talked with Bill and he said, yeah, when you've got high path avian influenza in the vicinity, it keeps you awake nights if you're him. I've been more than engaged, yes. That's a nice way of putting it. Mm-hmm. It's on your mind morning, noon, and night because we have such little control over it. You know, those things in your life that you just can't really affect. Because our birds are outside. You know, there are shower-in, shower-out facilities, Pam, in Minnesota that broke with AI. Shower-in, shower-out. We're right out there in the open, and it's like... We, we have biosecurity plans, and we meet with our employees and talk about not tracking things in. But even with all that, there's been several pheasant farms that have broken in the last month in the United States. One of them, 160,000 birds were depopulated there at that pheasant farm. So, yeah, I'm involved mm-hmm. in, in, in what we're going to do about HPAI. Now, that being said, though, what are you willing to try, Bill? I mean, you can't all of a sudden put these birds indoors. That's just not just not going to happen. So tell people a little bit, aside from biosecurity, 
What other things have you been doing? You've actually had a lot of conversations with uh, regulatory agencies right. to try to uh, right. get ideas. So the biggest thing we did is we actually are putting some birds indoors. We found three small 40-acre farms in southwest Missouri that had foreclosed-on chicken barns, mm. and we bought these three farms, and we are now breeding virtually all of our pheasants, not all, but virtually all of our pheasants are being bred inside buildings in southwest Missouri because it's separate, it's warmer, we don't have to have the breeders outside, they can be inside, and we've been doing real well doing that. Um, other things we're doing is we have a uh, biosecurity plan through the N NPIP and the National Poultry Improvement Plan, and it's an audited biosecurity plan. The state of DATCAP has come in, and they make sure that you're doing what you say you're going to do, um, and that helps in shipping the birds if you have a biosecurity plan. Um, education of employees is really important about how uh, they could be the vector to bring the, the AI if they go down and have a picnic along Rock River and there's Canadian geese out there and they step in the, the poop and come to work the next day without changing their shoes. It can happen real easily. So another thing we're doing is education. Uh, we've also been working with we being the game bird producers, which there's about 600 members of the North American Game Bird Association. We have been, the NAGA has been working with state regulatory agencies to try to get it formalized, our ability to ship birds into their state. So if there's an outbreak in, in one spot in Wisconsin that they don't embargo the whole state. And we have what's called a secure upland supply plan for game birds um, that's been written at, paid for by the USDA and some grants that actually direct state veterinarians what they should do if there's an outbreak in another state and how they should handle it. And that's helped a lot the movement of birds because back five, six years ago when we had the big outbreak, mm -hmm. the issue, we didn't have it, but we couldn't move our birds. Mm -hmm. And that's almost worse mm -hmm. um, because you still have to feed and mm -hmm. you, you, Right. So we're, we've done a lot as a farm and as an industry to try to develop the ability to move birds. Let's talk about that because last time around in 2015, like you said, all of a sudden the entire industry was shocked at lack of movement, couldn't get them out of the United States. And you do move a lot of birds out of the United States. How has that been impacted this time around, Bill? Well, 20% uh, of our live production goes to Canada. And the concern obviously would be if Canada put an embargo on U.S. produced poultry, which they have. Mm -hmm. And Canada initially, back years ago, when this was kind of a new subject, put put these statewide bans on, which means if even a farm 250 miles from here in Wisconsin, I mean, we're right, like, we're 10 miles from the Illinois border. We're about as far south as you can go. Even if there was an outbreak 250 miles, it was Wisconsin. Canada was like, nope, they have now made it county county based so it's based on there'd have to be somebody break in rock county for us besides us to keep us from being able to ship so that's been a really makes us feel a lot better not totally better because right. with 20 percent going to canada they're going to be more restrictive than other states uh, the other side of the coin is shipping pheasants both eggs and chicks to Europe, mm -hmm. and that was something that we were really starting to, that industry, to give you an idea of the, the scope of the industry, if you combine all the commercial pheasant farms in the United States 
and see how many pheasants they hatched in a year. My estimate would be six or seven million pheasants hatched in in captivity in the United States. The England alone, not counting Scotland or Ireland, released 40 million pheasants last year. So we're our industry is very small compared to over in Europe, and so we were starting to get geared up to ship eggs to Europe. And that all came, that all was going to make a bad pun there. We got yolk on our face or something. It was, a, we, it was a bad deal. So we've been real hesitant of making any big moves into selling eggs into Europe because we, it could be shut down so easily. On the other side, there are those two partridges that I mentioned that we raise here. Hungarian partridges and red leg partridges are not commonly bred by anyone in the States. And we're not wanting to raise enough to really want to breed them ourselves. So we buy those eggs from France and have for 10 or 15 years. Mm -hmm. We got our first shipment this year um, of 10,000 eggs and never got another shipment because because they had AI in France. Mm -hmm. And you, the United States appropriately, by the way, said we can't bring in any more eggs. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, our international trade has been affected both directions. And again... You don't think a lot about pheasants in Wisconsin, but there are a lot of them even around here. We've got a lot of pheasant farms. People go uh, go out there and shoot, hunt pheasants. But that's Bill McFarland talking about the situation with different uh, pheasants in Wisconsin. Interesting stuff. Also interesting, the markets. And uh, we're going to check in with Rocky next over there at Premier Livestock. He's in the Withy area. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning. Let's talk to Rocky over the Premier Livestock. And with the Rocky's, uh, of course, home in the suburbs of Lublin. And you've been getting kind of moisture, settle of dust overnight, huh, Rocky? Yeah, and we had thunder and lightning all night long. Yeah, kind of we wild. had that all over. That's good sleeping I'm weather. Just, I'm just glad it's not a lot colder because I'm afraid there'd be a lot of snow. Boy, yeah, you got that right, and uh, boy, this time of the year, that can happen. Well, so the roads are good. We can get the livestock to market. How'd the market do yesterday? Uh, thank you, Bob, and good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how the week is shaping up here so far at Premier Livestock. Fed cattle traded steady this week. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 125 to 139. Selects, 115 to 124. Market cows high yielding from 71 to 85, topped at 87. Uh, many other cows from 57 to 70. Market bulls high yielding from 88 to $1.06. Newborn Holstein bull calves, so mostly from 75 to 205 per head. Your beef calves, 150 to 395. Today, Wednesday, we had a hay auction at 9.30, then 11 o'clock a.m. We have our dairy cattle auction. We got that big jersey herd today. Uh, going to be 90 cows uh, and all the heifers, all registered herd from Oak Ridge Jerseys, James and Rita Thistle out of uh, Chippewa Falls, a very nice cattle. We do have a full multi-generation catalog already on our website. Uh, like I said, they will sell early in the day, so make sure to be here early for that good herd. Uh, we have another feature consignment of 25 fresh two-year-olds. Uh, they're all parlor freestyle, 40 years of AI breeding, uh, going to be all Alta genetics that they've sold here before, top-notch cattle, Tower Dairy out of Minnesota, plus lots more. Uh, all the listings, pictures on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. 
questions, call us at Premier, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, November 18th, machinery auction. We are now full. We're not accepting consignments unless you've made prior arrangements with us. So, Bob, that is the way this shaped for, shaped up and uh, looking forward to the day. Yeah, you should. You're going to sell some of the best Jersey cattle you ever sold over there today. Yep, they're definitely some very nice ones. Yeah, so. I bet they are. Have a good one, Rocky. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. There he goes, Rocky over there at the Premier Livestock in Withy. We'll find out if the weather's going to keep raining all day or what's going to happen. We'll check in with Mike next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we've got rain, we've got thunder, we've got lightning. Still happening in some parts of the listening area, but... What's ahead? Man, oh man, November weather, it's going to change. Let's get over to Skywarn 13. Weather brought to you by Christensen Sales of Abbotsford this morning. Mike Dandry is here, and it's been kind of a an exciting night for the election returns, Mike, and the weather, the thunder, and the lightning, and the rain. It's been active. <laughs> I was going to say, we've got something for everyone. Boy, that is for sure. But looks like it's kind of moved off to the east from our western Wisconsin uh, area for most of us, yeah. But uh, off towards uh, St. Croix, Polk counties, they look like they're getting another round right now. But yeah, the stuff that we had earlier that was just a heavy downpour and a light show that's now pushing off towards the northeast. But throughout the day today, we'll hold on to widespread cloud cover and we may have a few chances at some isolated showers. Otherwise, our highs into the low to mid 60s is going to be another warm one, but still breezy. Winds out of the south between about 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, a better chance that some showers and storms move back in as we maintain cloud cover. And we're not really going to cool down really much at all, uh, only cooling off into the upper 50s. Now, tomorrow, another chance at some showers and storms and actually climbing temperatures pretty quickly, getting into the mid-60s. But it is going to be very breezy. And then tomorrow afternoon is when we'll have that cold front moving through, bringing us those chances for showers and storms. And that is really going to drop our temperatures Pretty quickly going into tomorrow night. Still breezy, but this time with winds out of the west and our lows dipping to the upper 20s tomorrow night. And really not warming up much at all on Friday for Veterans Day. Even a chance at a few snow showers into the afternoon with highs only into the mid-30s. Not any relief into the weekend. Mostly cloudy skies, low 30s, upper 20s for highs. And heading into the next week, more of the same. Mostly cloudy and low 30s. But right now... Well, we are very warm for this time of the morning, 46 degrees, overcast skies, and a few showers in the area. Yeah, that's the way it is. And, boy, I was going to do some lawn work yesterday, get rid of some <laughs> leaves, and they were blowing all over. I couldn't do it. I'll wait till tomorrow. Well, that ain't going to work. Yep, I was laughing because I tried the same thing yesterday. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to try to you know get these leaves in a nice, neat pile, and what happened? Didn't work. <laughs> Did and not I don't work. know when we're going to get her done now, so we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob. You have a good one. You bet. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 as we look at the weather on wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 23 minutes before 6 o'clock and it's time for us to catch up on uh, some of the local goings on. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom and uh, it's one of those... I don't call it a fun news day, but it's certainly an active news day. I think we call it as much coffee as possible. They keep it coming. We'll continue with those election results. Have we done for hundreds of years? We're on the other side of an election day now, and a lot of people turning out to make their voice heard. We can tell you this. I'm jazzed as hell to tell you that on January 3rd, 2023, 
I will still be the 46th governor of the great state of Wisconsin. Governor Tony Evers there headed back to Madison as it was a yes by voters on that. And a second term for Tony Evers. He beat Republican Tim Michaels with 51 percent of the vote. Wisconsin's race was one of the most expensive governor's races in the country. What does it sound like from the other side of that ticket? I couldn't be more proud of people. Uh, unfortunately, the math doesn't add up. I just called Governor Evers and conceded. I wish the Evers family well. Um, we love this state with all our hearts. I hope that some of the problems that were identified uh, will be taken very seriously. Michaels last night talking to supporters saying there are problems in Wisconsin that still need to be fixed. Meanwhile, Evers telling supporters that, quote, boring wins. He was the first Wisconsin governor in 30 years to win re-election while his party was in the White House. Taking a glance across those bigger races in our state, Republican incumbent Ron Johnson is currently leading in that race for U.S. Senate. No official call, but he did go to bed early this morning with a lead over Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. We're at 51 percent compared to Barnes's 49 percent as of now, and will continue to follow until that final call is made. Robin Voss will continue as the most powerful Republican in the state. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss last night defeated a write-in challenge from Adam Steen, and you can find a full list, including those local races online. We'll make that link easy and send you to write to WEAU 13 News, where you can find those comprehensive and local race results. Plenty of action there on the ballot as well, as it might shake out to your own area. Let's look at some other headlines across the state. There's a change coming at Kohl's. The company yesterday said CEO Michelle Gass will step down next month as she's set to become the president at Levi's instead. She's been a target of investors who want to take Kohl's in a different direction. She had joined Kohl's in 2013 and has been CEO since 2018. And it wasn't you, it wasn't me, but it was definitely somebody in California. The gold rush was on in the form of that Powerball ticket. All six numbers hit and that winning ticket means somebody just won the largest jackpot ever. We spoke to the store owner who sold that winning ticket. He also walks away with a $1 million bonus. He says he plans to split with his family who make him the luckiest man in the world. That ticket was sold in an L.A. suburb worth $2 billion, but you might not want to uh, throw yours away just yet. Officials say there are 22 other tickets floating around worth about a $1 million each. But worth more than that, it's Bob Bosold and Joe Welke. We go back to the barn <laughs> on Wax 104.5. And I did find my ticket that I thought I threw away. I had put it up behind a magnet on the refrigerator door. So I better check it before I throw it away. I might have won a million. Hey, you never know. It could be a million bucks hanging on your fridge right now. Oh, that's for sure. That, I'll do that. You know, why don't you let me take care of that for you? And Give I'll me. make sure those yeah. numbers match. <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> All, All right. right. We'll see you later, Morgan. You bet, Bob. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. We're uh, 19 minutes before 6. We still got a lot of chores to do this morning. For those who work in Acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And cash prices at Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 607 with soybeans at 1384. And at their Connorsville location, corn's at 604 with soybeans at 1374. 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. More numbers to look at, Jill, with uh, some of our farm news. What else we got to talk about? U.S. agricultural exports set a new record for fiscal year 2022, which ended on September 30th. That new record is $196.4 billion, easily passing earlier projections of $177.5 billion. China, Mexico, and Canada continue to be the best customers for U.S. agricultural exports. U.S. 
DA figures also show net farm income for 2022 will be up almost 9% to $168.5 billion. That's a jump of $13.5 billion from 2021 and the highest income level since 2012. Cash receipts are up over 14% or $66.3 billion to a new record of $525.3 billion. But on the other side of the ledger, production expenses for 2022 have been up over 11% or about $44.4 billion to a total of over $37 billion. Now, i got to double check those uh, expense numbers because uh, I'm not sure... They uh, they got it right in the in that story that came out of Washington, but uh, again, we'll check them. All right, it's quarter to six. We've got uh, markets to get to. It's a busy day at Wax. Forty five degrees or forty six right now. Get up to about sixty four today. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. And here at about Voitex down there in the Fairchild area to process your animals. The elk hunt in Wisconsin. So if you got a bull elk, if you were one of the lucky hunters to get a tag, three hunters were fortunate enough to harvest a bull elk in the first two days of the season, and the fourth tag was filled by day five. So the hunt was pretty fast. Saturday the 15th closed on Wednesday the 19th. As a result, all four state licensed hunters filled their harvest authorization. So if you want to be in the line to get one of those, and I know it's not easy to get, but... Uh, Go ahead and apply for next year because uh, there's that. I think that's two years in a row. They were hunters that got those tags. Four hunters were successful getting their bull elks up in that Clam Lake area. So uh, good going. All right, and we've got uh, like Voitex down in uh, Fairchild. You want to process your uh, your game? They'll do it for you. Cut it out, take it down there. They'll make it into all kinds of good products. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. It's about 10 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers, Neffers, $1.20 to $1.48. We had a top of $1.50. Choice dairy cross steers, Neffers, $1.20 to $1.42. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.30 to $1.41. We had a top of $1.45. Choice Holstein steers, $1.18 to $1.21. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.17 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 73 to 86. We had a top of 95. 60% of the cows sold from 50 to 72. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 49 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 75 to 90. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 74 and down. Cull bulls sold from 80 to 97. We had a top of $1.06. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $140 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 100 to $270 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, November 11th, starting at noon. All feeder sales are live on Kettle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Kettle USA or to consign Kettle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About eight minutes away from six o'clock. 46 degrees, about 64 today. A little more rain moving through the area. Let's get over to Equity Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. And uh, you put in a full day yesterday for a change, huh? 
well, yeah, I guess. Good morning, Bob, for a change, yeah. Anyway, I was, uh, this morning I was doing some stuff here, and uh, I had to go out and double-check. That was thunder and lightning, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Thunder and lightning, a little rain and everything else. So, uh, yeah, Mother Nature is uh, waking us up, that's for sure. But uh, what would you, you say? You had about 80% of the folks eligible to vote in your area came in? Yeah, at our, Good. our local township here, 79%. But there was uh, uh, quite a few uh, rural townships in Marathon County that were in the low 80s. So very good, good turnout today. So That's good. Congratulations. That's a good thing. Get out and exercise that right. Well, uh, we've got the right to hear your report from Stratford from yesterday. What happened? I better do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity Stratford. And uh, we had feeder pig auction yesterday, a tested feeder pig auction. And this is how the feeder pigs sold yesterday. Heavier 70, 80 pound feeder pigs are selling from 55 to 60 dollars per head. Your 45 to 50 pound, 45 to 55 pound feeder pigs from 40 to 55 ahead. Lighter weight feeder pigs, uh, 25 dollars and below. And now we'll get into the livestock portion of the auction yesterday. Uh, we sell organic market cows every Tuesday. High yielding organic cows yesterday kind of right in line with the, with the conventionals, uh, selling from 70 to $80. Or yielding organic cows 70 and below. On the conventional market type cows yesterday, uh, high yielding fleshy Holstein cows, uh, 72 to 80. Most of the cows, uh, this week so far from 52 to 72. And your light carcass thin cows below 50. On the bull trade so far, better quality bulls are selling from 85 to 105. Lighter bulls 83 and below. Uh, calf market, we'll see from 75 to 175. Bull calves topped on Monday at 185. And your good quality beef calves, they're selling from 150 to 300. Also topping at 340 on Monday. And we've got a busy day here at Stratford Day on Wednesday. Uh, get started this morning around 10 o'clock with the market auction. Sell market cows today. Uh, a lot of fed cattle today, also sheep, hog, and goats, maybe calves, and feeder cattle sale around the noontime start. We got a nice run of feeder cattle, folks. Uh, got a lot of calves today, weighing in that four to six weight. Uh, several consignments of those, uh, and uh, if you're looking for simmentals, uh, red steers, uh, black Angus, we got them today. Also, for you folks in the Holstein line, we got uh, a one-hour consignment, some good quality started Holstein bull calves. So a good a good run of feeder cattle sale for the sale today. And that will be a noon time start. Don't forget tomorrow auction does start at eleven for the Thursday auction. So it's uh oh five to six, so I better turn it back to you, Bob. You folks have a nice day and uh well I didn't really pay attention to the weather. Whether we're supposed to get a lot of rain out of this or No, it's uh more rain today, more uh, he said more off than on, but uh sixties today and tomorrow and then thirties coming in. So button up. We'll talk to you in the morning. There's no mention of that other four-letter word, is there? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm glad I brought it up. Yeah, right? <laughs> I am, too. See you later. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Equity Stratford Barn. And our market is brought to you by Synergy Cooperative in the Ridgeland area. Board of Trade down yesterday, head of that USDA report coming out today. Overnight, December corn unchanged, 667. Oats up 4 at 385. December wheat. Holding at eight twenty seven. March soybeans up three to four cents overnight, fourteen fifty seven. December meal up a dollar sixty at four hundred twenty dollars and ninety cents. Country elevator prices. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corns at six oh seven with soybeans at thirteen eighty four. At the Connorsville location, corns at six oh four with th- soybeans at thirteen seventy four. On the DTN screen, Golden Plump corn six twenty seven in Baldwin and Mondovi corn today six thirteen beans thirteen fifty six corn at Durant is six oh two soybeans thirteen forty 
36. Elmwood, 613 on the corn, 1361 on the beans. Fall Creek, 597 and 1321. Osseo, the corn is 617, beans 1361 out at Elk Mound. 613 on the corn, 1366 on the beans. Sparta, 611 and 1352. Ellsworth has corn at 592, beans 1306. Ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley, 615 on the corn to Richmond, 613. Barrel cheese holding at 198.5, blocks down a half, 202.5, butter down 7 yesterday at 280 a pound. November class 3 traded 2 cents lower at 2088, then they went up. December up a half a dollar at 2097, January up 42 at 2015, February up 39 at 2010, March up 30 at 2025. Again, 46 degrees right now. Rain off and on today. Temperature is going to be in the low 60s. Uh, it's when we get to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Temperatures are going to cool off. It's only going to be in the 30s. That's a high. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.